Welcome to another episode of the Vikings Gazette. We had two special guests on this week. Uh, really exciting interview for us. We had Aaron Henderson, a former Vikings linebacker who played six seasons with the with the Vikings, and Amory, uh, who is a sports comedian. And, and the the two of them worked together on a podcast together. So we got uh, two for the price of one. A lot of fun, really cool interview. And so we will throw it over there now. Hope you all enjoy. Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Well, we'd like to welcome two special guests. Uh, we're, we're excited for, for this one, super pumped. Uh, we've got Amory and, and Aaron Henderson joining us today. And we wanted to start off and just get a chance to hear a little bit about your guys' story and, and where you're at. And uh, we'll start with Amory. Uh, can you give us a bit of a, your background as a fan of, of, of this team of the Vikings? Um, well, my favorite player of all time now is Aaron Henderson. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> there it is. No, for real though. Me, uh, no, uh, um, well, uh, as a Vikings fan, um, Minnesota Roots. And actually, I grew up in, um, my family's both from Minnesota, but I grew up in New Mexico. So it's very confusing being in a state with no professional sports. And I come from a huge football sports family. And since I was a little girl, like, five six I fell in love with Chris Carter and then I was like hooked on the Vikings like that since that day so and then I was never I don't know I always was like you know you always dream as a little kid I want to work for the Vikings or like whatever and then it's kind of just unfolding into working in sports media which is interesting because I never thought I'd be here right now so I get to work with Aaron yeah that's amazing and we're actually uh I mean it it kind of just naturally happened it didn't like I didn't plan on doing this. They just hit me up on Twitter one day. They're like, do you want to do a podcast with Aaron Henderson? I was like, uh, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it happened. Aaron, did you, did you coordinate that? Like, did you seek out Amory or was it just kind of a random oh, no, thing I, that somebody else coordinated? Or? I got, I got a random message on, um, <laughs> on Facebook from, uh, Mike Brez actually. So right. I think, uh, some, somehow, some way we had became friends on there and, um, I liked one of his posts or one of his pictures or something that he put up. And after I liked it, he sent me a message like, would you be interested in uh, doing a podcast? Shit, yeah. Sign me up. So, sure. That was that. And then I just so happened to get stuck with Amory. Like, that wasn't yeah, part of the plan. Yeah, he got stuck with me. Yeah, okay. but once I met her, But once I met her, I was like, um, she needs to do everything. I don't want to talk to anybody else over there at the network. I want her to do everything for my podcast and for what I'm trying to do. So I'm like his that's uh, podcast that wife. <laughs> that's kind of how that happened. Yeah. We're going to, uh, I, I don't know if Amory mentioned to you, Aaron, we're going to do kind of like a getting to know you game uh, based off Wikipedia. Uh, and when we do that, we're actually going to put it to Amory a little bit. I didn't tell her this, but we're going to oh, put God. it to her a little bit in the sense that, so we're going to list you five facts from your Wikipedia page to see if they're true or false. And this is and she has to, She's going to tell you if she has to that, answer first. Precisely. Like you ever see those couples games where like one spouse yeah, goes on the stage you. and the other stays How- on the stage? It's kind of like that, you, right? How good do you right. know him for real, huh? How right, good precisely, really precisely. So before we get started, so I should say, I'm just totally, I, there's a guy on YouTube who runs this YouTube channel called Loudwire, and he has all these famous meta musicians on, and this is what he does. So he'll be like interviewing the singer from like Slayer, and then listing these facts, and they have these really neat interviews. So it's, I'm totally ripping this idea off from him. Uh, but in any case, uh, we're going and so Aaron's going to give us, or sorry, Sam's going to give us the facts about Aaron. And, and Amory, I have to say if they're true or false. True or false. How well do you know Aaron? And then Aaron can 
let us know whether they're true or false or maybe somewhere in between. I'm in. I'm like, all right. Okay. Oh cool. boy. Sam, get us going. You, it's, it's five questions. It's true or false. It ho- hopefully, if you trust Wikipedia, they should mostly be true, but this, this will be I, I the question. The question, uh, the question is, do you trust me? Cause I might, I might say something's <laughs> true. I might say something's false. You, you never know. You edit your own Wikipedia page, by the way. You, Fun yeah, fact. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I didn't know that. Aaron's got the Sorry, final. You can go put in whatever you want on that Wikipedia I'm, page. I'm about to go check. It. I'm about to go make some adjustments. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> okay, well, let's start with the first one. So, the Wikipedia page begins by claiming that you're a former American football inside linebacker that played nine seasons in the National Football League. 2009 to 2000. No, false. Nine? No. Five, six. Whoa, God. There's actually two facts in there inside right. linebacker and then the amount of seasons and so i mean he's linebacker yes we can obviously he's linebacker but he's but inside linebacker the whole time no nah, I, I say false on both all right aaron um i only played inside linebacker so even Damn though it. the will even though the will is considered an outside linebacker in the fourth three, so i guess i guess you could kind of say i played outside backer right um because in the in the in the four three the, the will is outside back um right. but then i moved to the middle um in 13 remember i moved to the i moved to the mic well 12 really i started playing in the middle and then 13 i moved full time to the mic in minnesota and then when i went to new york we were in a four three four so it's only inside there right um i played eight seasons so i was in the league yeah. I, I was in the league i was in the league from 2008 to 2016 but i missed 2014 i didn't play in 2014 um, right. due to personal reasons and and things that had to be taken care of so uh sure. nine years around the league per se but eight seasons credited when i remember I was you kind of like, right on this i kind of right on these you were you were i was good amory and like when i remember aaron when you played for minnesota i remember you as an inside linebacker um because your brother ej was a middle linebacker i believe he was the and i think correct he yeah was the right right exactly that that's how i remember it um fair enough but i guess if you yeah you moved around okay so that's that's Partially right. true. Amory did pretty good. I think. I think. I think. I think inside linebacker is fair though, because um, like when you think about when you think about three four defenses, now you start talking about outside linebackers. Yeah. You start talking about those DN types. You know what I mean? But playing in the exactly. four three, I'm still. I'm still in the bubble. I'm still because I still feel like I was inside backer. I just got bored over there in the bubble. It wasn't enough action in the bubble. <laughs> Taking on blockers for everybody else to make tackles. That shit gets boring. It gets old. That's why I wanted to play the mic. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Sam, what do you think? Question number two, what do we got? Absolutely. So before the NFL, at least according to Wikipedia, you played quarterback and linebacker for Aberdeen high school in, in Maryland and won the first state football championship in school history. True. That's all true. Amory? Facts Aaron? That's, all, that's all well, that's all well <laughs> documented. You know what I mean? I was, I was one of the best to ever come out of the state of Maryland playing quarterback, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, yeah. You know what actually, I- you know how Go I ahead. found out Aaron was a badass quarterback? It's like halfway through our podcast. We've been podcasting just this past NFL reg- in 2020, this past regular season. And when Denver had um, didn't have a quarterback and they had to bring someone off their practice squad, and he was like a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Whatever I, we were talking about a podcast, and Aaron's like, I could have played quarterback. And I was like, okay, you're acting like you can just play quarterback. And then I got shut down because I learned what he did in his past. So. <laughs> And then I brought my coach on. And then I brought my coach on the podcast to and really was, tell him how good I was. Yeah, he's a sick quarterback. Aaron, 
So then why, um, why the transition to linebacker full-time rather than quarterback full-time? Uh, how did um, that happen? I didn't have any patience. Uh, and, and playing quarterback, there's only one on the field at a time. Uh, and for me, I ain't, I ain't want to sit and wait. I watched my brother play in Maryland for five years. And by the time he left, his body was so beat up and so hurt. I couldn't. I, I knew I wasn't staying for that entire time. I knew I wasn't going to do five years. Um, so I was trying to get on the field and get the plan and get the going as soon as possible. That was my mission. That was my goal. I really wanted to do three and get out of there. Um, but I, I ended up doing four because I tore my ACL the one year. Um, so I had a chance to play quarterback. I think I, I think I could have could have stuck around a little bit more, competed a little bit more. I think I surprised them when I got to camp at how I played and and, and how I picked up on things. Um, but I just wanted to get on the field and play. True enough. I, I'm impressed, Amory. Yeah, that was very calm. Before Sam even finished his line, you were nodding. Like, you felt like, I like that, you had it. I mean, fun, fun fact, fun fact. So, um, Charlie Tad, for us to soul, um, he was my recruiting coordinator and the quarterback coach at Maryland when I got there. And we had a quarterback who, um, who was ahead of me on the depth chart, probably like one spot. And he told me, man, like we are like when I went to go tell him I wanted to switch, he was like, Why? Like you're you're really close to having this guy beat out. Like we're you're gonna have him beat out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh, I hear that, but then I still got three other people I gotta beat out before I can get onto the field. Like the numbers just don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. That quarterback that I was gonna beat out was Sam Hollenbeck. Sam Hollenbeck went on to be our starting quarterback when we went nine and four and made it to the uh, to the to the to the bowl game down in, in Florida, to the Champ Sports Bowl. So I was about to have our starting quarterback beat out, and I just Ooh, went patient. Fun facts. More fun facts. Okay. Wow. Maybe maybe someone will listen to this and go and adjust uh, Aaron's Wikipedia page. <laughs> All right, Sam. Number yeah. three. What do we got? Let's go three. So apparently, in the 2007 college season, you were a semifinalist for the Dick Buckus Award, which went to James. I would call the pronunciation. Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis. Yeah. Laurinaitis. Of, of Ohio State. True or false? True. True. Yeah. Aaron. True. Big, big facts. And uh, shout out to James Laurinaitis. It was a. Uh, he was actually one of my, one of my. Uh, I was a Playboy All American going into that season, so I got a chance to meet him out in, uh, in Arizona, and we, we're still friends to this day. Um, was he a better linebacker than me? I don't know, but he went to Ohio <laughs> State. You know what I mean? And he played all those, and he played all those years. You know, I left. I left right. a year early. I think if I come back for another year, um, I'm back in that. I'm back in that conversation. Um, and and uh, make it a little bit further, if nothing else. But um, right. it was definitely an honor to be even mentioned in that category. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I'm crushing this game. Yeah, you're absolutely. doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. Yeah, you're All a stalker. Is- I would I would be surprised if you didn't know this. You've been stalking I, me for like I six produce, months now. Okay, and guys, I produce, oh, that's what it's called. That's what it's called. It's producing. It's not called I stalking. Produce his, <laughs> he's one of my dear friends now. I produce his podcast. I've heard every story on and off recording. Well, she's heard some pretty wild shit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Number see. four, Sam. Let's see how you do with the last two. So Wikipedia claims you have two career NFL interceptions. I think it's I think he has more. I'm a bum. I only had two. And they no! were like back to back. I want to have faith. I want to have faith in 5-0, especially Listen, that. man, I start, out, I start out 13. I tell you, I'm on a tear in 13. Um, so those first, those first three games, uh, we, go to, we go to Detroit. I catch a pick in the first game um, off, of, off of Matt Stafford. And we come home, we lose, and then we play the Browns at home. 
And we played the Browns at home. I finished with two sacks and a pick that game. Uh, one or two linebackers uh, in Viking history to do that. But those were my only two interceptions. I dropped one in Pittsburgh in London. Fucking Ben, he was back there for like an hour, <laughs> man. Ben. And I just, he was back there for like an hour. So I'm like, deep, deep, deep. I got to get back. I, I got to get in the middle half of the field. I got to keep oh, going. Damn it, man, Ben. Some, somebody tipped it. I tried to run back to it. I was just a little too slow. Um, so yeah, two picks. They are correct. All right, fine. And, yeah, and at then, least I thought more of you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a good one to be to be wrong on. Um, okay, last one. Wikipedia suggests that after football, you, at least for a time, worked as a grade eight math teacher and coached high school football. Yes, that, true. True. Facts. And life's hard after football, bro. Like, um, like, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out what's next. I'm 30 years old, just finished with my career. Like, who, who's 30 and finished with their career, you know? So I don't know what I'm doing next. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. I never did anything outside of football. I know I like kids, though. So I'm like, oh, maybe right. I'll go and try to figure this out. So I went right. back to my hometown um, and was able to, to get into the school system um, with the help of some of the, the principals that I actually had when I, was in, when I was in school. And I went and volunteered as a high school coach and um, kind of got me through uh, that first wave of the transition, so to speak, um, before I got into the next the next part of what I was trying to do so sure do you like teaching I liked teaching um, I think what was hard for me was that I was um I was kind of like a wandering sub so sure yeah I had to go to different classrooms so often and every time I go to a different classroom I gotta explain to the kids that I was yeah I'm an NFL player yeah I did play in the NFL yeah, yeah, right. all that other shit you know what I mean and like it kind of sure. wears on you you know what I mean and like I wasn't able sure. to form the relationships that I wanted to form um with the kids that I had in the, in the classroom um because they would move me from class to class so one day I would be in here and the next day I'd be somewhere else and it was just kind of hard for me um <clears throat> And from there, I went to um, working with a foundation for kid with kids. Um, so putting on youth camps and stuff like that. Man, I'm telling you, I tried all kinds of shit. Bro. And then I got back into coaching and I went coaching at okay. college level. Uh, went coach at Avila University in Kansas mm-hmm. City, Missouri. Uh, I had coached in uh, the, the linebackers there, so I had inside and outside uh, linebackers there. It's a dope experience. It was a, it was a cool experience. A lot of time, though. It takes up a lot of your time. Very time consuming being a coach. Um, as a player, um, you put in the time for sure, but coaches put in extra overtime. Um, so that's kind of why I've gotten away from that. And now I breed dogs. So if you guys are looking for a dog or you're interested in a dog, let me know. I have American Any bullies. podcasts. And podcasts. But this is this is for fun. I don't have any money coming to do this, so. Yeah. <laughs> he, as you can hear in the background, he has a squad of dogs. That's how, awesome. many, how many dogs right now? Right now, I'm, I, have, uh, I have eight that I own. Wow. They're yeah, so cute. And um, I just had two litters down in Georgia. Uh, hopefully, have another litter here in a couple of months. So it keeps you busy, though. So, like, the good thing about like what I do with my dogs is that it's always something for me to do. Um, right. I don't really like to go out much. I don't really like to do too much. Um, but I can't, I can't, I can't not do anything though. So this keeps me busy. This keeps me active. This keeps me engaged. Um, and it keeps me um, tired at night and able to go to sleep. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, I got. Um... I've got two boys here, two, uh, two senior shelter dogs. And ah. um, so, I mean, they, I don't think my house was as busy with two old pups as, you know, if you got young puppies and a lot more dogs, I'm sure you're much busier. But I do know, you know, with what you're saying is like, you just, 
Like you have to get up, you have to take them outside, you have to Dude. do things um, you're like because kids. you're accountable to the, exactly you're accountable to these dogs, right? So, yeah, that, that all makes sense. That all makes sense. Yeah. So I, I think where I'm at now. That, fair enough. I, I, frankly, I think Wikipedia did a pretty good job. I don't know. I mean, I, I've always kind of been an open book. Um, I never really, I never really cared to try to like hide what I was wrong, what was going on for me, or what was happening for me. Um, so if they cared it at all to keep up, it ain't hard to do. Um, like it, it, it's not, it's not difficult. Uh, I never really been one for hiding my shit. Fair enough. It is what it is. You know, I deal with it. I go through it and I'm still here. So you can only judge me for so much for it. Sure enough. And hey, Marie, you did all right. I did a okay. Yeah. <laughs> did pretty well. I would hope producing his podcast that I would know something about him well we, we figured I mean I didn't clear it with you but I figured it'd be fine I figured by this point no that was well really enough. good though and okay so yeah cool. okay so and the only one I got wrong was necessarily was the interceptions and I was expecting more of him so <laughs> fair enough Sam you want to hit second down yeah let's do second down so we want to talk a little bit about OTAs and the undrafted free agents and so Aaron correct us if we're wrong but you came into the NFL in 2008 as an undrafted free agent right yeah that, yeah that's correct yeah so I guess like one of the things we want to figure out is like what is life like right now for those that are in that position like what was life like for you as an as an undrafted free agent shit I was mad at the world um, and I had I had a I had a point to prove, honestly, because um, you're telling me that I played in one of the top conferences in the country um, and excelled two years straight. You know, I got my accolades. I, I did what I did. And for you to drive 252 people and me to not be one of them, I'm pissed. So mm-hmm. I came in. I came in with a with a chip on my shoulder. Um, but I tried to make sure I channeled it the right way and put it put it into the into the right energy and, and did things in a way that that gave me the best opportunity to stick and be successful. Um, I couldn't change it at that point. I was undrafted. It's over. You know what I mean? There's nothing I can do about it from here. Um, but as a team, we put together, we, we figured out Minnesota would probably be the best fit for me based on the roster and what it looked like. Um, I was a little hesitant to go there because I had already been in my brother's shadow in Maryland. But mm-hmm. I had to think about my career at the end of the day. It was about it was about me and trying to, to put myself in the best way to be successful and to win. Um, and I just went out there and competed day in and day out, man. Like I, I just I just I just competed. If you line somebody up in front of me, I was going to bust his ass. Like, and if I wasn't going to bust his ass, I was going to get back in line and try to come back and bust his ass the next time. Mm-hmm. I never wavered on my confidence, even though they let me go undrafted. They never, they, I never, I never stopped believing in, in my abilities and what I could do. And I think that's going to be the biggest part of it because you're only going to have so many opportunities to go out there and show and prove. And if you step on that field and you got any doubt in yourself for that one or two reps, that was one or two opportunities that you got, you fuck because you don't, you're a camp body for real. Like they're not really expecting nothing from you. They're not really expecting you to come out here and, and perform and compete and be ready to be, to, to make a roster. And, and I told him, I told him, you guys want to talk about the 09 thing. I broke my leg in the preseason. I ain't played the first six weeks. You know what I mean? And then I come back from that and I get suspended. I ain't playing 2009 season. I don't know how the fuck I stuck in the 2009 season. Though. They know that my, my leg is broke at the fourth mm-hmm. game. So I must have did something. I must have put in enough time and put in enough break in order to to, to be able to, to to stick around for something, um, even through that adversity, you know. Um, but it was just a matter of making myself indispensable. I learned all the. I learned every linebacker position that I could learn. I did whatever they needed me to do on special teams. 
Um, if they needed help on, on offense or scout team or the look team or anything else, I just made myself available. Made sure I was there, made sure I was first in line. If I could be, made sure they saw me. If it was chances for me to compete against the guys that came in, the rookies, shit, like rookie minicamp, come on, man. I'm playing against the same people I played against in college. I'm going to do the same things to them I did to them in college. And so, like, opportunities like that, you just got to make sure you're taking advantage of every time you step on the field. So would it be fair to say, do you think, I mean, you've got 11 – so this year, the Vikings had 11 draft picks. And then I think they brought in that many undrafted free agents. And then, you know, you got more camp bodies signed after that. Would it be fair to say then, you know, if based off your answer, it's, it's maybe less about, you know, players' physical abilities and more so maybe about the mindset and just uh, aggressiveness and confidence and just willingness. Mindset, it, it's, it's, it's definitely mindset. And I think part of it is luck too. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Heath Farwell or not. Yep. So my, my rookie year, I'm number 10 on the depth chart at linebackers. So three three linebackers, three depth, three, you, you do the math. You know what I mean? There's nine mm-hmm. people rotating. I'm out. I'm, I'm the odd man out. What yeah. was cool about me being the odd man out is when Pug thought about me, my linebacker coach, when he remembered that I was sitting over there, he would just throw me in there. So sometimes he would throw me in there with the first team because it was get some reps. So I would step out there. I'm next to my brother all of a sudden as an undrafted rookie. So it, that was cool. But then when Heath got hurt, I ended up being third team all the time. And I got a chance to go out there and just show and prove, show and prove, show and prove. And I never let up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do, it is going to be some luck because who knows if, if I don't get a chance to go and, and, and show day in and day out, they might not keep me around. He far well is a good ball player. You know what I mean? So losing him opens up a door for me that might not have been there um, mm-hmm. prior to, even if I outplayed these guys, even if I did better than them, even if I, if I was hit, if I was hit and shoulders above them, they still might have some investment in them that they're not ready to let go of yet. They're not ready to, to move on from yet. And I, I get the, the short end of that stick. Right. So it's fair enough. Hey, Marie, I mean, do you, uh, when you look at the, the current group of, I mean, I think the undrafted guys, but also the drafted guys, mm-hmm. do you have any favorites? Any, uh, I mean, it's obviously like, you know, Christian Darisaw, left tackle. It's, that's well, exciting. First you, know round pick, but. you know what? I, okay. So this is my thing about the draft this year. Um, and I, Rick Spillman always drafts really well. Yeah, I, I think, um, well, a couple first rounders were whatever. Um, but I think it was so cool because we addressed what we needed, even though I didn't think it was, we prioritized it kind of just unfolded and was like meant we just, I was like, wow, it's just like all happening for us. We're getting all like filling all the holes that we needed. I was like, this is going too well. And I was like, this is awesome. So, um, I was really happy, sure. especially because we drafted a damn quarterback i have that was my i think for once i was like rick thank you so much yeah. i was so excited yeah. you have no idea that was my favorite pick of the whole draft the kellen mon really yes wow yes. okay and this is the stupid thing about viking fans they think if you're excited about a quarterback that you don't like kirk i love kirk qb1 cool freaking develop a young quarterback for once in our lives mm-hmm yeah, what'd you think about that? What'd you think about that moment? Did you like it? I like him. I I I like the. I'm surprised. I didn't wasn't surprised that they they drafted a backup quarterback. I'm surprised where yeah. they drafted a backup quarterback. But I think once you saw that Trask went, and then if they're saying to themselves, "Golly, you know, there's maybe in the second group of QBs, you know, they maybe have Trask and Davis and Mondal in that range, and if we don't take our guy now, we might not get him." Yeah. Um, and so I. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Rick Spielman's thinking, but I assume that might have played into it. Um, and everything I've read about Kellen Mond is that dude's super competitive, 
I think he's a hard worker. He's smart. Coachable. He, he, he keeps like, he's, getting he's, better. He just he's got a great arm. Better. I think most of his college career, from what I can read, I'm not a big college football guy, but I think it was mostly from the pistol or the shotgun. Whereas, of course, the Vikings are not. It's going to be under center, and uh, and so I imagine there's going to be things he has to work on, like any rookie. And that's, that's you know that's fine. But I just I don't think. Uh, I think maybe some folks overreacted a little bit where they said, oh, the Vikings second pick, this is, you know, doom for Kirk Cousins. I don't see it that way at all. I I don't see it that way at all. I I think this is a really smart thing to do. Because, I mean, you shouldn't look back to 2017 in Case Keenum. Like, you shouldn't have to convince Vikings fans that having a good backup is a good investment, right? Like, having someone who can come in and keep the team competing, it's that's really important, right? But we're also developing Kirk too. We haven't had a, we haven't been in this series of a relationship with the quarterback in a very long time. Long time. I mean, we're developing a quarterback under our system. We don't do that. So we're, we're, we, we don't commit to quarterback or we go get some old man. Right. And competition also brings out the best in people. If there's no, if there's no no backup competition, if there's nobody pushing Kirk, I mean, then who knows what happens, but I think you get the best version of somebody when there's somebody on their heels. I mean, we've talked about uh, the Jordan love effect where you, you draft Jordan love in green Bay and then Aaron Rodgers has an excellent, excellent season. And he's, I mean, he's always been an excellent quarterback, but last year he, played better than he had in a few years because he felt slighted he felt he felt like he had something to prove again he felt like oh y'all gonna draft him okay precisely precisely exactly and so you motivate someone who is unbelievably gifted um and and look what you get you get an amazing quarterback for a year mvp and And so he's coming off his best season too he played well man he struggled those first six games i don't think he played very well at all in the first six weeks but post by cousins was excellent he was really good. It was a tough year in general. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It was a tough year. It was, it was a massive hole to climb out of. And it was, yeah. yeah, didn't start well. Sam, what do you think? Third third down? Yeah, let's do it. We, oh, we want... cute. Second, third. I, I see what we're doing here. We, well, and we're, yeah, we're from Canada. So we do three downs uh, as a nod to CFL. <laughs> Even though neither of us enjoy the CFL or watch it very much, but yeah, anyhow. we basically have three downs and then trash. Well, we don't want to see that fourth down. We want to, you know what I mean? Yeah, forget it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we want to talk a little about Zimmer, um, and we'll st- start off with Amory here. So, a simple question that may be difficult to answer: Do you think Mike Zimmer is the coach who can finally lead Minnesota to a Super Bowl? Uh, oh, this is a tough question. That's just a tough question to ask a Viking fan in general. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I do believe in him. The only thing I don't understand is how we have lost so many coordinators over the years. So I'm still trying to figure yeah. that out. If it's Zimmer or if it's our front office or whatever. But I, um, I mean, you can look at a lot of things. He's done a good job. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think we could do it if we were healthy. There's just mm-hmm. always a missing piece. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, I, I mean, what, where, when do you say there's always a missing piece, but the one constant is Zimmer? So at what point do you say, okay, so we have six, seven, eight years. Well, there's always something. Well, but the consistent we don't make the playoffs this year, he's got to go. Right. I mean, Aaron, what we have with the team we have and I, and get my boy Harrison Smith and all these people a damn ring for the love of God <laughs> before they retire. He, Harrison Smith deserves a ring as much as anybody. Uh, he's just fantastic. 
I mean, Aaron, all them. Yeah. But yeah. So these Aaron, veterans, you... I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. I know. Oh, it's time. You have it all. Yeah. Have it all. We have it all now. And if our defense is healthy, should no problem. They, sh- they should be better. Um, you know, Aaron, I wanted to get to your perspective on Zim, just in the sense of defensive coach. He, I mean, you obviously, yes, you played linebacker. He's a defensive coach, but then just overall his approach. Does that wear on players over years of someone who is just really hard nosed, kind of crusty, sometimes can be difficult to get along with. I mean, that's one thing to maybe have someone in your ear for one season and kind of give you an earful here and there. But then if that's five, six, seven years, um, is that an effective approach? I mean, I've never, I've never really, I've never experienced them personally. Um, I've never, sure. yeah. I've only seen what I've seen from a distance um, right. or, or, or heard things. So it's kind of difficult for me to say um, in that situation specifically, but sure. I can tell you that it is, it is tough though. When, when you never, you know, you never get a break, you know what I mean? Like, right. Or right. when you always, when you feel like somebody's always riding you, always on you. And I think that to a certain extent it is necessary Um but I think you also have to pay attention to, to certain factors like age. Um, do I have a young team? Do I have an old team? Um, do I have a mature team? Do I have an immature team? Um, do I do I have do I have a, a deep team where I can where we can bang in practice, or do I have to 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 worry about how thin our roster is and and kind of preserve? So that's where I think that coaching comes into where you say, well, six, seven, eight years of Zim doing the same thing, people getting hurt, injuries popping up. Well, two things with that: take better care of your players throughout the season might not have as many injuries and two if you do have injuries I think coaching can help the next man up um Mm -hmm. if you if you have solid coaches um and and people that believe in you I I was a backup for a while you know what I mean so and when your number gets called it's nerve-wracking as shit Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. But it helps. It helps if you have somebody that believes in you. It helps if you have somebody that's been that's been in your corner, somebody that's been, you know, been pulling for you and been rooting for you and, and wants to see you um, succeed and do well. But different coaches give it to you in different ways. You know what I mean? All coaches ain't going to pat you on your back and tell you, good job, great job. You know, it just is what it is. And I think part of being a good coach is being able to adapt and adjust. Right. And if I haven't had success, I haven't had success to the extent that I've wanted to have success then maybe I should go and look and see what I need to do differently, how I can approach this differently so that we can get to where we're trying to get to. Right. And I think to what yeah. you were saying, Amy-Marie, one last thing, um, like with, with, with the the coordinators and things like that leaving, NFL is a copycat league and the Vikings have had some um, success in the, in the past few years, in the past right. few uh, seasons. And then you look at, and you look at Stefanski goes to Cleveland and he's doing a great job as the head coach for the Browns and, and, and getting them into the playoffs. And so that, that tree is going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to be there. Um, and they're winning, they win enough, but just don't win at all. If that makes sense. I'm sick of being like a nine and seven team. Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm like, okay, you have all the pieces. Like, well, come on. Like, our, now we're going to be a 10 and 17. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's, that's a, I mean, I think what Aaron's saying is true. I, a lot of those coordinators go because you do so well. I mean, Pat Shermer did great. He gets hired to be the Giants head coach, right? Stefanski does awesome. He gets hired to be the Browns head coach. But then you get Flip who doesn't do very well, right? And he gets fired. You get Norv Turner that didn't go very well. So it's kind of been a little bit of feast or famine, it feels like, uh, with the offensive coordinators. Sometimes they've gone so well, they've been a victim of their own success. And other times right. things have just gone really, really poorly and they've really underperformed. And um, 
and of course the constant in all that has been Zim who I, I like, I, I like coach Zimmer. Um, but I could see if I was maybe one of his players after five, six, seven years, I might tune him out. I, I don't know if I would or I wouldn't, but. I'd like to see, I'd like to see some, some not family related coaching in the Minnesota yes. organization. I think that that's, yeah. the, that's where, that's where change comes. And that's where, that's where differences in opinions make, make, uh, make teams better, help teams improve. Right. That's we might have to bump heads. We might have to butt pads behind the scenes a little bit. You know what I mean? It might not be perfect as coaches in here in this, yep. in this coaching room, but we're going to get the results that we need out here on this field. And when you got father-son here, father-son here, father-son here, father-son here, I mean, shit, I'm 30, I'm about to be 35, and there's still only certain things I'm going to say to my dad. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, that's just that's just the way of the world. Yeah, dad, you're right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's, I didn't even realize how close we keep in the family. You got Kubiak's son. Got yep. Zimmer's son and Andre Patterson's Andre son is Patterson's. a running back coach. And I mean, I mean, what, what do players think? Of, so I mean, you're here. You're a linebacker, Aaron, and Adam Zimmer is the linebacker coach and co-defensive coordinator. I mean, if you're in the linebacker room and you got the head coach's son as your position coach, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you respect until you, until you show me otherwise. So okay. like, it's hard as a player because a lot of times the coaches haven't done what you're doing. And right. they're telling you what to do, but how the fuck can you tell me what to do and you've never done it? Um, but once you once they show you that they do know and, and you can trust them and what they're trying to preach and what they're trying to tell you, it's all it is, it doesn't matter who it is at that point. Sure. Um, and as a little brother, I can so talk about maybe Zim, maybe, maybe uh young Zim gets the linebacker job because of his dad. There's people that's gonna say, I got a, a job as a linebacker because of my brother. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna walk into the room and disrespect the man or look at him like he shouldn't be there. Or, or, you know, uh, he doesn't deserve to be the coach. But you got to be able to show me that you deserve to be the coach, though. Right. Um, and right. I, I think I think it's, it's – I just think it's tough. I, I, I think it's very difficult when it's all family-oriented to have – to bump heads and to have issues and to have problems. And then mm-hmm. if, if we're just coworkers and there's no other – there's no other relationship outside of coworkers, then I'm not going to care as much as trying to – I just want to win. I, that's all I care about. I just want to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to, you're not going to be offended because you're my dad. I'm not going to be offended because you're my son. We're just co-workers trying to win. And I don't, I don't really see that. And I think last year when we came out and dug that hole that you guys spoke about, it's because there was no fire. There was no, there was no, there was no excitement. It was no juice. Attitudes. There was no, yeah, there was no attitude at all. And that's all from coaching. And if everything's all sweet and, and, and dandy with the coaches and the coaching tree and everything coming down, that, that's, that's all a reflection of that. That's all mm-hmm. a reflection of that. So I was really surprised last year how they started out because Zim does have so much attitude. And because of how he carries himself and how he presents himself, I think his team should reflect that, and they didn't. And right. I think that's where the disconnect comes in. Okay, well, then my final question, and this is for both of you, is when we put Dalvin Tomlinson in the defense, when we put Michael Pierce and hopefully Daniel Hunter. So when we get, when we have the defensive tackles and then we have the defensive ends there, I mean, that's obviously makes life easier for a linebacker, but that, that ripples throughout the entire defense. And so when you improve that defensive line, hopefully the linebackers are healthy. I mean, what can we really expect in terms of a bounce back uh, from the group? What do you think? Is, is this a defense that's going to be top 10, top five? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. No, no doubt um, at all in your mind. Think about even we even lost Kendricks the last couple games. I mean, yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, you, I've and you know, 
as as people who cover for the Vikings, I'm, I'm like, who the hell is that on the field right now? No, I didn't say that, but um, yeah, you did. Yeah. We did. Yeah, we did. We did. Don't We're like, it. what is that? Well, I never Aaron's heard it so anymore, funny because he won't address them by their name unless they're doing something productive. Uh, he refused to call Anthony Harris by Anthony Harris the whole season. <laughs> number, is that number forty one? <laughs> Oh, number 41. He's like, 41? Hmm. <laughs> so I told you he was going to get his ass up out of there, though. Uh, no, got, no. He got a... Yeah, Aaron was telling me towards the end of the season that you're starting to show for other teams, you know? That's so, oh. uh, yeah, it's really funny. Uh, anyways, um, uh, yeah, between uh, Anthony Barr, I think I just read taking a pay cut or whatever, but uh, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, I mean, we I mean, we got, we're going to have everyone back. Hey, tough, a tough Borland, tough Borland is not bad either. I watched him play a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not, he's not a bad ball player either. Um, but I think the biggest thing for this team and for Zim, um, if you go back and you look at his history, is getting a lockdown corner. So bringing in Patrick Peterson, that's, that's, that's going to be huge because now that allows you to, that allows you to roll the rest of your coverages and the rest of your defenses and you can blitz and you can be aggressive like you know Zim today. Um, and so now you got that, you got he, he could feel comfortable in the one-on-one matchups with their best receiver. Um, that's going to be huge for him. And then when you add in that D-line and that D-N that you're talking about and being able to get some pressure on them, it's going to, it's going to look a lot more like a Zim defense. Um, Harry doesn't have to babysit. It, yeah. <laughs> and then I think it did last year. Um, and I think that's, that it's going to be, it's going to be a jump for sure. Um, I think it's going to have, if there, there's going to be some gelling that needs to be done. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to have to come together. They're going to have to send some new pieces, a lot of moving parts right now. Um, but they have time and it's just a matter of, of, of always having a sense of urgency, even though you have time, you still got to have a sense of urgency. Is that mostly just communication, Aaron, in terms of like gap assignments and obviously in coverages you're saying, so just taking time to gel. Um, and also, and also trust, like, it, sure, and, sure. you know, I, I, and so playing linebacker, you talk about linebacker to D line, man, I rely on my D line, like an offense, yep. like a running back will lie, will lie on his offensive line. Yep. Um, so if I, if my D line and he supposed to be in the A gap, stay your ass in that A gap, bro. I'm yep. gonna go do everything else. I'm gonna go take care of what I'm supposed to take care of, but stay your ass in there. So like once you, if you don't have that trust and you just now coming onto the field with somebody and he got the A gap, he jump out the B. Now I don't feel like I can do my job no more. I feel like I got to stay here and wait for him. So it's like building that stuff. Like man, I played with snacks up in um in, yeah. in New York, yeah, and, uh, with the Jets, and our shit clicked so fast. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really get a chance to play like to the end of the season, but once they put me out there with him. It was nothing that nobody could do with it. So when you can find those kind of combinations and you can find, you know, people that gel together like that, it shows immediately, it shows quick, and it makes a difference quick too. Go watch go watch 15. Yo, if you ever get bored, go watch 15 at, uh, with the Jets. And and I was just running free. Every choom, 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 choom. That's, that's the D-line. It's a good yeah, player. That's the, yeah, that's the D-line holding me down. So I'm just free to go run. Right, right. And that, that's that's why I specifically mentioned Michael Pierce, Dalvin Thomason, these big dudes – so really should let Eric Hendricks thrive, should allow Anthony Barr to thrive. Um, look what Eric is already producing with the squad he had. I'm right. Like, this Precisely. Is Precisely. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> and do y'all I, see, yeah. did y'all see, did y'all see the picture of Dalvin Cook? Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I, 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 my response was he looked like MJ after he got tired of getting beat up by the Pistons. I don't know, like you know when, when MJ was like, you know yeah. what, fuck this, I'm getting in the gym. I'm about to get these. I'm about to he get them these to prove. He told, told us that, that. Uh, he told us that last year when he didn't get um when he didn't win that award. Whatever he's like, he's got something to prove. So 
I'm like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. True. And we address the offensive line. So give Kirk time and Dalvin. God, I'm so excited. Hey, 30, 30 carries, please. That's all I ask. Just get a man. Yeah, that's all we ask. 30 touches. It don't even got to be carries. 30 touches. That's I was, all about, we ask. I was about to say. 30 On touches. Pod, I, we, that's all we ask. Please involve him in the run or the passing game more. Please get him out yeah. in space, screen passes, little flare outs. Don't just slam him into the middle all the time. Please get him out in space. And yeah. Justin said that too. He has something to prove because he has a target on his back now and everyone's expect. He's like, just wait. Like, I love all this. Everyone wants to prove something. I was like, yes. That's and that's cool. a very Zimmer attitude. That's a very Zimmer approach to Justin's things. Like so, ready to go. Yeah, we'll see. Sam, any, anything else from you, man? No, it's great. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just more excited about the season as we're talking about it. I, it feels like it feels like it's been such a long time because what the season ended, yeah, yeah, at the end of December uh, yeah. for the Vikings, and and now it's yeah. almost it end of May, and we've got a couple more months. But uh, it just feels like we're just excited for this for this thing to start. It'll be here in no time. Well, just in seeing all the practicing yesterday and all the guys having fun, I was like, oh. is Minnesota going to let fans to the games? Yes, I think so. I think so. And our home opener is against Seattle, and it's our turn. We have not beat Russell Wilson yet, so I'm ready. We were talking about the last time. I think it's been 2000, 2009 was the last win against, against Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, and we always well, we always time. play them in Seattle. It's so difficult in Seattle. But that's what I'm saying. Home yeah. opener, week three, we'll be gelling. I'm ready. Yep. Let's get them. Let's get them. I definitely right played in Seattle every year I was in Minnesota. Yeah, always. And it's always like a Sunday night game. It's so yeah, weird. It's like always like prime time in Seattle. I'm like, oh, no thanks. Let's switch the yeah. season. And they're always close. Like they did it like it's not like they got blown out last year in week six. Or it's not right. like when Blair Washington set field goal. I mean, obviously it was a close game. Well, no, we should have won this year, but uh, well, we should have won with the Blair Walsh game too. We should like all these games against Seattle, we always should win. And then we lose. <laughs> it's like and it's anyhow. It's it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. I can't explain it. <laughs> this this season will be different. Yeah, that's it. Let's hope. Um, anyways, we will finish off here, but we just want to extend a sincere thanks to Amory and Aaron for joining us today. Listeners can find Aaron on Twitter at that one guy Aaron. That's that one, the number one guy Aaron. <laughs> one guy. And, and Amory is on Twitter at. Part see, you got it. Hold on, but Aaron is e- Aaron is E R I N. Make sure they. That's oh why yes, it's funny. That's, yeah, why that one, that's why it's funny right. That it's E R I N. Then listen to our podcast. It's so good. Yeah, just, totally. We're 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 no one we're getting it out there now. But just like how you've said about the Wikipedia, Aaron wants to go beyond what people see on the media and on the internet and talk to former athletes and a variety of people. It's called Asked and Answered. Okay, so awesome. Good. Sounds awesome. I love Perfect. it. Any, anything that they should know more than that? Like any any place to find it? On Apple, Spotify, Amazon, any platform, but it's asked and answered. Is that with it's Jamarcus so Sanford? Good. Hmm? Is that with Jamarcus Sanford? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. He was, honestly, Sanford at the time, he was one of my favorite players. I, I loved watching Jamarcus Sanford play. So you, oh, can, yeah. you, can, you can tell him that. But That's just... when Aaron, yeah, he, uh, he would come talk to you. He's awesome. Dude, I, I love Jamarcus Sanford. He was, <laughs> he was great. Yeah. We love Jamarcus too. Awesome. Awesome. Thank, thanks so much, guys. Thank you. No problem. No problem at all. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Well, that was a, a lot of fun. That was a, a great interview. It's fun. We'd like to think that we have a, a former professional player on and episode 15 is, is super cool and, and 
and it was, I know it was a lot of work, Kyle, for behind the scenes, you getting that set up. And it was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun to talk with, with Aaron and Amory. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good perspective, right? Like it's, it's one thing to, you know, Sam and I are just fans, right? Like, and we played in high school and we played, but like, you know, Aaron brings a different perspective playing in the NFL for eight seasons and, uh, and Amory, I mean, she's been covering the team for a while now. She's been a fan for a while. And uh, I don't know. So I just really appreciated getting uh, both their opinions. Uh, I thought they were both excellent. Oh, it was a lot of fun. It was just the energy that came. It was definitely different than any of the other interviews we've done so far. Um, yep. But it was a lot of fun. And, and they are, are great people. And we definitely encourage people to check out their their work and their their podcast. And we'll yes. definitely put up stuff for for that in the link to this episode and, and on the Vikings yep. Gazette when we post this. Um, yep, I'm curious, like, takeaway that you have from that episode. Any, yeah, anything the main that take- you found noteworthy? Yeah, the main take. there's a lot of good stuff. In there, but the yeah. main takeaway, I liked when he was talking about uh, Damon Harrison, referred to him as Snacks. Uh, that's his name, Snacks Harrison. He's a big dude. He's a defensive tackle. But he's talking about how when he was playing with Snacks Harrison with the Jets and how, you know, he could play so free as a linebacker. And I thought that was interesting in that, I mean, in one sense, you can look so for Vikings fans, you think of Eric Hendricks and think of Barr, you know, how much easier is it going to be for this year when you have Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pearson there, when you have those really high-end defensive tackles uh, who do so well, it just makes life so much easier for your linebackers. But then with what Aaron was saying, just in that when you have confidence, it's a t- so you have a team, obviously, so you have 11 guys in your defense but each thing, each one has an individual assignment on each play. And then when one guy doesn't do his assignment well, that can have a ripple effect throughout the entire thing. And so for Aaron to talk about and kind of confirm what we know in a sense, but you know, from his own perspective of actually playing, of actually being in NFL defenses, to say that, you know, hey, when I'm confident that Snacks Harrison is going to be in the A-gap, and not just that, but he's going to do really exceptionally well in that role, and then he can play so much more confident and free. And uh, and then in turn, he has a lot more individual success because he's so confident in in the player in front of him. So I, I just thought that was that was really good. Defense is so you're so dependent on the players around you in many instances. Oh yeah. No, we've talked about the domino effect, right? Of like if you got a hole yeah. there, then it affects everything else that you're doing. And so he, yeah, exactly. he explained that well. And and I think from his perspective, especially in that linebacker position where you're very much responsible for a lot of different things. And you yep. have to be really aware of what's happening. Um, it was really yep. interesting just to hear him him describe that. Yep. Um, I was I I think for me I one of the moments that I can just remember from the interview we recorded a couple of days ago. Um, but when Kyle started talking a little bit about Kellen Mond and, and his role in bringing him in and what that does for Kirk Cousins, uh, mm-hmm. both Aaron and Amory were were really had a lot of of uh, physical cues. You couldn't necessarily hear it as much in the conversation, but they were like, yeah, like just what it does to bring in that competition and hopefully what that does to bring out the best in Kirk Cousins, who we know yep. is a competitive guy. I yep. think that we, we really have a lot of hope for, for seeing the best version of our franchise quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Um, Precisely. Coming into the season. So It's not about just having a better backup, but you might actually get a better starter as a result. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, again, the, just the interconnectedness of, of Exa- a football exactly. team. Yeah. exactly yeah anyways uh we hope you all enjoy that uh just skip into our odds and ends quickly here and finishing mm-hmm. off um we we're recording on saturday morning here this this part and last night though the minnesota wild season ended 
Uh, can't say it's a surprise. I think I, I would be curious to hear what other fans would have to say at the start of the season of what they're hoping for. But you know what? You've got these two juggernauts. You got yeah. Colorado and Vegas in your division, and you knew basically you're going to have to go through both of those to to move on and to take Vegas to seven, which I, I would say outside of Colorado and Tampa, I would say Vegas is the third best team in the league. And to have to play them in a, really? in a first one, first round matchup is just, really? it was hard. And they, they fought, they really grinded away and a lot of great performances. They really shut things down last night. Things kind of got a little bit open. Uh, things really opened up and, yeah. and yeah. the offense was, was pouring and, and Minnesota is just not going to win a game that there is, is that high scoring um, on a, on a regular basis. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of good takeaways from the season. Do you think Vegas is better than Boston? I do. Ah, oh really? Well, okay. I. That's a good question. You know what? The way that Boston is playing right now, yeah. and the way that Vegas is playing right now, I think that's a fair argument. But when you look at, yeah, I don't know. I like. It's a good. Maybe that, that's that's fair. Um, but but definitely, Vegas is a a a, a top team. And with without question, well. they're, they're top, they're top five, top six, no question yeah. about it. Yo, easy, like yeah, like and I think that I've, I think that there's a lot of people like it, this, this Colorado Vegas series. People have talked about it being potentially like a cup final and in a second round series. Regardless, mm-hmm. you've got two really good teams in a division, and they they did well. There's a lot of good things to build off of on the season. You got Kirill Kaposov. I was watching him last night, and just the way that they surrounded him on the power play like to double team someone on a power play when they're already shorthanded is just like, they just know how dangerous this guy can be. And, and he did get the yeah. power play goal. Um, and just as they continue to bring in these, these young guys, this new talent um, with Rossi yeah. and, and Boldy and, and others that may come along, I think there's lots to look forward to, but it's going to be an interesting off season, especially with, with the expansion draft and, and lots of possibilities. And we'll definitely continue to talk about that. But I think overall, you're disappointed as a Montreal, or as a Minnesota Wild fan, um, yeah. but when you look at it through the context of everything that they they dealt with, I think that you got to be um, able to take some positives away. I think so. I mean, Minnesota fans just have been through a lot in mm-hmm. general, right? And I'm not a Wild fan, so it's easier for me to say I wouldn't have this perspective if it was the Vikings. But just with with, with where the Wild are in their development as a team, right? And then. You know, what Sam's saying, what had the emphasis that they put on Kaprizov. I mean, the onus really falls now, and obviously you want to develop that young talent. But if you can bring in one or two more high-end players so that you really can't key in on Kaprizov in that same way. I mean, you and what Sam was saying is true. Vegas is, at the at the very least, Vegas is a top five, top six team. And you went toe-to-toe with those guys. And so, uh, you know, before the season began, expectations changed throughout the season, and I get that. But before the season began, that would have been a humongous success. Um, so I think this is actually really positive for the wild, even though it's disappointing. Yeah. No, you finished third in a division and yeah. we're, we're ahead of the St. Louis blues, uh, who've, who've struggled recently, but were a Stanley cup champion a couple of years ago. Exactly. Um, like they, they have done well. So for sure. I think there's, there's definitely lots, uh, of things to be encouraging. And I, I think, or to be encouraged by, and, uh, if you had said that they were going to finish third and take Vegas to seven in the first round, I think that. You never want like that's not really a satisfying result, but um, mm-hmm. considering where the team was, I think that that's that's good news. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, good good. 
that's that's the end of of the season for them. Lots of hockey playoffs to continue on, and for those fans who are missing the NFL right now, uh, I, I Kyle and I are both definitely hockey fans, and I think yeah. that there is just um, I don't know. You can make a lot of arguments for what season or what sport has the best postseason, but hockey postseason is something that is uh, yeah. incredible to watch. Seven game series. If you can get to game six, game seven, by that point, the teams hate each other so much. It makes for compelling, compelling hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can I, uh, before Sam, we move on to this. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, Sam doesn't see this comment, I don't think, but can I get a prediction out of you? So Sam is a big Toronto Maple Leafs fan and they're playing game six night against their hated rivals, uh, the Habs. This, this is the same as like if the Vikings were playing the Packers kind of thing. It's oh. a big deal. And so what, what's your prediction for tonight? Oh, it it's like, I, as everyone's going to know at this point, by the time they hear it and they're like i'm hoping it doesn't get to a game seven so it doesn't matter um, <laughs> yeah right i like i tell kyle like i don't have ibs but if i was to have ibs like this is the situation that would bring it out of me like the Leafs have not won a playoff <laughs> round in 17 <laughs> yeah, years that's, that's and i've right. heard this for for so long <laughs> i think they're gonna win i'm hoping they're just gonna like mop the floor with them like i'm hoping it's gonna be 4-1 uh, right right which isn't really mopping the floor but it's like i'm, I'm hoping they just there's a dominant effort and i think that Toronto has been the better team basically in every game. Like there there's been like, they, they came back from a three, nothing deficit last, last game and and just lost in a brutal turnover in overtime. But uh, (laughs) Toronto's going to get game six. Cause if I, I'm saying that because I also just don't want to experience a game seven. Like Kyle says, it's a lot of fun as a fan Mm -hmm. of a sport, but when you have something riding on it, like it will be, uh, it will be intense. So I'm definitely hoping for, for a win tonight and because they got to start their series on monday um yeah and so they they're, they're the last series that are, are going right now and and so i i'm hoping that they can just finish it off and and get on to winnipeg <laughs> okay well so sam's saying he's picking the leafs i'm gonna say it goes to game seven i think the oh. hams win tonight and uh but, but i mean by the time this podcast becomes live we'll all know the results but i'm saying it goes to game seven and then from there it's a one game series so we'll see well, this has been fun. We're going to end now. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand it would definitely be a lot of fun. There'd be excitement, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I have more confidence in the team that I ever have. And that's something that's saying something um, because I've been hurt so many times before. Um, but uh, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to stop by the Vikings Gazette.com uh, for great Minnesota Vikings news, commentary and analysis. The Vikings Gazette can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Vikings Gazette. It's been great chatting and we'll talk with you all in a couple of weeks.